that's what Jameson presents. This is how I cook is all about. It's a metaphor for how I show love and show that appreciation for the people in my life that I've been blessed to have in my life. And the food is just an outworking. It's just a medium. Um, it's just a tapestry, uh, a canvas that I paint on uh, to show people how I feel about them. That was from my conversation exploring the walk of life with my good friend Jameson Smallwood. Jameson hosts both the Culture and Conversations podcast and the Group Chat Live show, but joins us today to talk about his new YouTube cooking channel called Jameson Presents This Is How I Cook, where he shares his lifelong passion and hard-earned cooking wisdom with the world. Jameson and I talk about the deep roots and significance that cooking has played in his life, starting with his family, and how cooking helped carve out part of his identity as a young man. Jameson also talks about the creativity and expression that can be enjoyed and discovered via cooking and why he wants to teach people to create their own memorable meals. Jameson's passion and love for cooking is beautiful to listen to and learn about. I hope you come away smiling like I did after listening and that you'll go and check out Jameson Presents This Is How I Cook on YouTube to see the magic of it all for yourself. Thank you, Misha Zarens, for the music in today's show. Welcome to the Walk Show Podcast, Jameson Smallwood. How you doing tonight, man? I'm good, Walker, man. I appreciate the invite back out in front of your audience, man. Thanks for having me. Yeah, man. Uh, always a pleasure. Jameson, obviously, uh, a dear friend of mine. I constantly refer to him as my podcast big bro. Uh, <laughs> I've had him on the show before. I've been on his show a few times. was actually humbled to be on your episode 100. That was super fun. Uh, but yeah, it's, you've got... Uh, culture and conversations the podcast you've got a live show on facebook hashtag the group chat uh, both are i have checked out many times i've been a guest on both shows and uh, cannot recommend them enough however neither of those are why we are here this evening we are here this evening because jameson has launched a new youtube channel jameson presents this is how i cook yeah man um so you know, just like all things that are, that are culture in conversations, uh, I had friends who were like, you know, in love with my food. So um, for people who don't know, I love cooking and I always have loved cooking. And it started because I loved eating. And if you look at my pictures, you can tell that I loved eating. And um, so I grew up in my mom uh, was you know the best cook I knew at the time. And then I grew up in a family of people who could really cook, you know, my aunts, my uh, uncles and you know my dad and and my grandmother and, and my you know cousins everybody can just, everybody generally could cook you know I, I always tell people walker like i could go um to any house on thanksgiving in my in my you know in my area i grew up in in south georgia and i could get a great meal and so uh for me you know cooking was just another way of expressing sort of like this artistic itch i've got i, I kind of like the idea in a lot of ways, it's, you know, it's very much art because it's all about how does it taste, right? Like, is it good? You know, it's, mm -hmm. a, very, it's a very subjective experience with food. But my as an engineer and as a kind of analytic, analytical mind, I like the, the, the structure of cooking, the steps, right? The, the procedure, the, there's a little bit of science involved in cooking. So, um, and, and, and honestly, and, you know, in all honesty, that's where it comes from. It's just those experiences there. So I decided, um, to, to take 
my experience in the kitchen and begin to replicate the knowledge because people were always asking me, oh, how did you make that? Like, oh, you know, or asking me how, to, you know, different little cooking tips. And, and so I said, well, I've already, I'm already familiar with how to record myself. Uh, you know, I've got all this great recording equipment for uh, my podcast. And so I, I retrofitted uh, the, the equipment to help me capture what I do in the kitchen. And I decided to call it Jameson Presents. This is how I cook because this is truly how I cook. Yeah, man. No, I love it. And uh, and I mean, it's impossible to not for the listener and maybe you to think that I'm not just trying to flatter you since we're talking right now. But I got to tell you, man, the the production quality on your videos is nice. Like it it doesn't look it doesn't look amateur or like something I would have made. You know cheers, what I mean? Man, like... cheers. I love it. <laughs> I love it, dude. It's a uh... well, I mean, I think that's the I think that's the first challenge. Right. Like so. I, if you don't mind, maybe we can make this a little bit of behind the scenes of yeah. kind of how this works. And, and uh, so if you're, if you're, if you're listening, listening to this, yeah, I'm going to tell you about food and, and my love of, of cooking and, and kind of what I'm trying to do with the channel. And, and I would love for you to go subscribe to my channel on YouTube um, or follow me on Instagram. But, you know, from a technical perspective, the production standpoint, you know, there's some definite challenges that are different. Like when you have, audio only with a podcast you don't care about lighting you don't mm-hmm. care about how you look you don't care about your surroundings like if people could if people could see where i'm podcasting at right it's a it's more or less a glorified closet um, right but when you start talking about video now you become hyper aware of certain visuals right you got a visual component there to deal with and so uh, i had to invest in lighting and uh, i bought some more lights because i wanted to be able to really brighten up my kitchen uh, that was one of the challenges is that, you know, your eyes are really great at picking up light, but uh, digital cameras, not so much so. And mm. um, the aesthetic that you want in, in video is a lot different than what you would want just purely in your house. It's a much brighter, so really bright set. Uh, and I had to get lights to be able to control the lighting. Um, and I had a camera uh, that I still use. It's, my, it's a 4K camera. Uh, but I have to interface that camera through my laptop. And, and so, you know, I don't, I don't have a camera crew. A lot of these guys that you see on YouTube and these women you see on YouTube who are, who are doing cooking shows, they've got somebody holding that camera and maneuvering the camera for them while they cook. And that's a, that's a true blessing. And, you know, one day maybe I have that. So I had to do it the old fashioned way. I use my laptop. I use OBS, which is open broadcast software and I frame out the shot. And so I have, I have, you know, a demonstration shot where I'm on the, on the table or my, or where I'm cooking at showing people how to cook. But then I also have like, maybe like the little, you know, kind of wide shot where you see my face. So people can kind of have a sense of who is this guy cooking. And I'm not quite so mysterious behind the camera. And I have to switch between uh, the scenes manually using my laptop. And um, also I have to really have it planned out how I'm going to film it because, you know, it, it can be very exhausting. Uh, I didn't realize how much energy it takes to film myself cooking, uh, you know, because you're, you're constantly, you know, having to prep and then you've got to get stuff done. You know, you've got to cook and it's got to turn out right. And so for you to comment on the production quality, yeah, it's, it takes a lot of effort to make it, to make it nice because um, it's, it's a different, it's a different environment inside the kitchen and, and trying to film that and get good audio on top of good video Yep. It's, it's, it's a lot, but I appreciate you noticing that and, 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 and commenting on that because I think for somebody who's never done this before, I have really good quality coming out the gate and I, I know it's only going to get better. Yeah, no, I, I, and 
I don't know how this will land, but I mean, whenever you told me like, Hey, I've got a new YouTube channel or whatever, you know, and I was like, Oh, I'll go check it out. I mean, I didn't think it was going to be bad or something. That's why I said, I don't know how this will land. I didn't think it was gonna be bad. I don't know what my expectation was. I didn't, it's not like I had an image in my head, but again, it, it, it looks like something professional and it is right. I mean, you're doing it at a professional level, but it's, it looks like something that's come from people who've done this for a long time. So uh, kudos to you, man, and good on you for it. And you've got, you've got a variety of stuff. I mean, it's not just, you've got dishes, but you've also got how to make some drinks in Mm -hmm. there. Right. So it's a a little mixology Monday you've got going on. Um, So there's, there's good variety in it too. And I, I appreciate that. I'm, I guess I, I don't, there's a, there's a lot of questions I want to ask you. Some are probably better than others, but I don't sure. know. I'll, I'll ask. Yeah. I'll just ask you a silly one that comes to my mind right away. But like, is there, is there a kind of cooking that you prefer one over the other? Like, do you prefer cooking in a skillet on a stove versus baking? Or do you prefer, mm. I, I don't even, I'm not a sophisticated enough cook to know <laughs> a bunch of different kinds to ask you. So you help me out. Sure. Yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You know, so, I think I think to your question, you know, I, I, I people ask me all that all the time, like, do you bake cakes? Like, no, I'm not a baker. I wouldn't call myself a baker, even though I have a, an amazing cheesecake recipe that I'm going to post um, eventually at some point. So I don't bake a lot, even though I'm 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 curious, right? I'm open minded. Um, so if there's anything that you will see me do that eventually is going to come out on the channel, my favorite way of cooking is barbecue. I love mm. barbecue. And that's really how I got into cooking. Um, you know, I saw my father and uh, how he used to barbecue. And my dad had a pit built into our front yard that was just dedicated, a dedicated space for, for barbecue. It was like an outdoor kitchen space. And, um, you know, it was, I just, I used to marvel at it because it, there was a smell to it, man. Uh, there's a, a, there's just this look of what comes off of it. It doesn't look anything you could produce in the house. And it, it, it's artisanal because, you know, my dad would only use a certain kind of wood and he would always, you know, go through a, a routine and a structure and a process to produce this. And, you know, I saw how much effort it took too, right? And so I wanted to master something that he could do and he could barbecue. And so uh, that sort of started my foray, foray into cooking. Like I, I I'd never forget one time we were doing some chickens on the, on the grill and my dad, you know, being ever... You know, he, my dad was a little bit of a helicopter dad in some ways, not in like the, not in the, you know, the obsessive parent way, but just kind of like, y'all boys don't know what y'all doing. You know, let me come show you how to do this. Right. Right. Like, right. Always teaching. Right. And so he saw his barbecue and we were doing a pretty good job with the fire management and, and the food was looking pretty good. But then he came over there and kind of, you know, had to adjust the fire, you know, and, 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 and help us with this. And so, you know, I never forget that was the first time I took on a little grill like that and, and the big pit and, and put the stuff on there and believed I could get it done. And so, you know, that's why I have such a huge affinity for barbecuing. And that was kind of like my, my, my claim to fame in college, too, because, you know, the variety of food was just so boring in college after a while. I just started really barbecuing. I would take food outside and take, you know, prepare food in the kitchen and or in our kitchen that we had in the dorms and take it out and, and cook it on the grill. And, and people would be amazed at how, you know, this this this, this food was turning out. And so it starts with barbecue. So that's my favorite way of cooking mm-hmm. um, in the house. I love cooking, obviously on the stovetop using you know, pans and skillets and, you know, stuff like that. But um, yeah, that's pretty much the, that's the heart of what I love doing. I love that, that, that outdoor cooking with barbecue and open fire and stuff like that. Yeah. I love that you connected back to your, 
your your family like that and, and I, I you know probably most people that have an affinity for cooking are you know have that that same root with it i guess but um my parents were both avid cookers as well like i remember as a kid growing up and, and i think this is why i also love your channel so much because it resonates with me to when i was a little kid and like mm. every saturday my parents would watch the frugal gourmet which was this oh nice show in the 80s you know what i'm talking about <laughs> just just that concept of the show right like just you know yeah. that type of television uh show. on pbs or whatever you know what i mean like but yeah and it's just this cooking show and i was too young to follow it i mean i had i didn't understand i didn't know what the word frugal meant back then either i thought it was a type of cooking or something but <laughs> i mean it kind of is um <laughs> yeah, really is yeah yeah good point but <laughs> but yeah like and then and then fast forward into my my teenage years and by now we've got cable and the food channel is out the food network whatever it's called yeah food network yeah and yeah and my dad i mean he would just he would just watch it the way that people watch sports you know what i mean just mm -hmm. throw it on and whatever's on good enough and then he would just try all sorts of recipes that maybe he's only going to try that one time right it's not like he's yeah. going to try and master this he just sees something interesting and there's like kind of what you're talking about with the artistic creative side of it. There's like a curiosity that he had. That's a great word. Great to pursue word. that. Yeah. I love that. I love that curiosity part because I think that's what, what started for me was definitely, like I said, being curious about how my father was doing this thing on the grill and, and, and kind of taking that with me, you know? And, and so, you know, I had a, I, you know, I'll tell you a funny story from when I was in college at Georgia Southern university. I, you know, we, we didn't have, um, a kitchen space so we we sort of had a kitchen net where it's like microwaves and a refrigerator you know and uh so we had all these rules about the things you couldn't have in the dorm and i hope i'm not incriminating myself but, uh, <laughs> so <laughs> they had this rule that you couldn't have a george foreman grill we you know obviously people broke that rule but i i got i got you know i was always the guy kind of you know put, pushing the boundaries so i said well if i can't have a george foreman grill you didn't say anything about this crock pot so i took my mom's crock pot from home and I took it back with me to college. And so I was sit, I, I really asked myself the question with a microwave and this crock pot, what's the most amazing meal from back home I can cook? Right. So I would take my uh my turkey wings that I would get from the from the store and put them in the crock pot and let them cook and make this amazing broth. I would take the, the turkey wings out and I would put in rice. Uh, into the into the juices that came out of the, the turkey wings and that broth that I had in the crock pot, and amazingly so, when the crock pot's on the all the way turned up on high, it could cook the rice. So I, I was getting turkey wings and rice, and then um, and then uh, I would also make um, mac and cheese in the microwave. Mm. So I would boil the pasta in the in in the microwave, strain it off, take my milk and cheese and. And, and 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 butter or whatever and put it into the into the into the mac and cheese and and cook it and bake it in the oven in the microwave oven and uh if i wanted like veggies or something let's say i wanted like peas or something to go with my my rice and the turkey wings i would cook the peas the night before in the crock pot take them out and then cook the rest of the food the next day so i would have mac and cheese you know turkey wings uh rice and peas or whatever in, in in the dorm and and my roommate he obviously benefited from it, so he never knocked on me 
And, uh, you know, and he just was amazed. He's like, man, I can't believe you made all of this, you know, in, in just two things. And it was right. like a really cool, you know, it was really, it was really fun. And, and so the curiosity of cooking, uh, for me, obviously I'm the same way. I love trying recipes. Um, and, and really what got me, uh, into the, my, into my cheesecake, uh, you know, recipe was one day I kind of had like this fat kid moment. I said, I don't even know if that's politically right to say anymore. This large person moment, right? But I'm talking about me as a fat kid, right? I, you know, I was a fat kid. I'm, I'm a fat man. Like, so I said, man, Sara Lee makes a good cheesecake. You know, like, you know, the, the frozen Sara Lee cheesecake stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's super convenient. Go to the store and buy it. But I said, I bet if I sat down and came up with a cheesecake recipe, it would be so much better. Yep. And, 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 and Walker, that was my claim to fame for the longest time with my friends. Uh, was that I could make cheesecake and I didn't know it was good. Right. Like this was the first time my, this was the first time in my post post college years that I saw people have this amazing visceral reaction to my food. Mm. So I made these cheesecakes and uh, people were eating them and they were just like, Oh, Jameson, this is amazing cheesecake, man. Oh my goodness. This is so good. And I'm thinking to myself, okay, well, you're just saying that cause it's free cheesecake, right? Like it's right. You know, you have to, you know, you're, you don't have to you don't have to sell it so hard. No, 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 man. It's so good. It's so good. And then I kind of got into a slump making them where the texture was off. So I went back to the, I went back to the drawing board. I went to YouTube University. And I looked up. I said, okay, well, how can I make this better? And I found this technique where one of the ladies, she made, she would, she would make a meringue from the egg whites that she used for the eggs in her cheesecake. And she would mix in the egg white meringue at the end to add body and fluffiness to the cheesecake. When I did that, I went from making great cheesecake to making like, for it, for it to be unquestioned, I made the best cheesecake in the world. <laughs> and, and my friends was like, oh, this is amazing. This new cheesecake is, is you know. And, uh, and it, it just was my claim to fame. And, and so it was one of those moments, honestly, that made me question, like, like I can do this. I can, if I if I had the time and, you know, if I didn't have another day job and, you know, I could really cook. And, um, you know, so I've had some great experiences like that where people have affirmed that the food was good. Cause that's what, cause the reaction is what you do it for, for me, as much as just a curiosity, I want people to, to know as kind of like a a bragging right, you know, the, Hey, I'm, I'm, I'm that guy when it comes to this food thing in the kitchen, I'm really good. So, yeah, that's awesome. That's awesome. I love that. Something that you spoke to there, you know, the Sarah Lee cheesecake and, and it's, you know, it's delicious or whatever. And then you're like, I bet I could make a better one. I think that's something that an idea that needs to be promoted more is that like, if you're getting something, especially that's, that's prepackaged, like a Mm -hmm. Sara Lee cheesecake from the store, Mm -hmm. I guarantee you it is not actually very good in the spectrum of cheesecakes. In the spectrum of cheesecakes. Because it can't be because it's, it's made to be, sold all over the the country if not the world and it's supposed to taste the same every it's like mcdonald's it's supposed to taste the same no matter yeah. what and yeah. that comes with some very specific sacrifices yeah. Yeah. <laughs> in the quality department because uh, yeah. you got to preserve it all right and and when you don't make it with that and with that science in mind when you're not worried about well will this last on a truck for two weeks while i send it across the country mm-hmm. all of a sudden like it, it changes it and Honestly, in my experience, any I, I can't think of a single example of something that's prepackaged that is better 
than the homemade version of it. Does that exist? That's a tough one. Um, that's a tough one, man. Like, I mean, I've never tried to make like a like a Dorito from home. I've made I've made corn tortilla chips from scratch, sure. like in restaurants when I used to work as, as a cook in the kitchen. But uh, but like an actual Dorito, I've never tried to recreate that. But that's I don't know. Doritos aren't that great anyway. You know, what I'm saying? <laughs> you're, you're, kind of, you're kind of giving me like this uh, this other arc for my channel as you talk about it. Like, can he can he can he beat it? Like, you yeah, know? dude. So, yeah. like, because you know, copycat recipes are a real big thing on YouTube in the YouTube cooking community. Uh, but that would be a pretty good, uh, cool niche. Is like, you know, kind of like a like a like a a, uh, a challenge, right? Like, can I make a Dorito at home? You know, can right. I make a you know can I make a cheese puff at home? You know, that kind of right, thing. right, right. Uh, you know, can I? You know, but I, I, to your original question, is there anything that's that's mass produced that's better? I'm gonna be honest. I haven't experienced that. Right. I made my own bacon one time. And I'll you, one day I'll show you how to do it on my channel. Don't worry. Uh, I made my own bacon from scratch one time, and I, I'm a novice. I never, I've never done it before. I had to go find you know pork belly. I got it. I got it from Costco, and uh, I ordered a bacon cure mm. from Amazon.com, where all all blessings and all good things come from, and, <laughs> and, all, and all products from China. Uh, and so I got this bacon cure and this seasoning blend and. And I made bacon and I was just nuts. Cause I, I mean, you know, I, I, and this is, and this is why people are like, well, why is your food taste so good? Cause I've had a lot of time to do a lot of crazy stuff like this. <laughs> and so I had, you know, I had my, I had to take out like a quarter of my refrigerator to store the bacon while I was curing. And uh, then I went outside and, and turned on my smoker on its lowest smoke setting. And I just made this bacon at home and the the you know I, I i tasted it i thought it was pretty good it was a little salty but you know bacon that's you know that, that can be a byproduct of the cure the bacon yada 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 but man when i took it and gave it to my dad my dad was like man you you knew what you had when you brought it down here talking about how good it was like you know that's, that's that was really good bacon and so <laughs> my dad who grew up on a farm who killed his own hogs right. he, who raised his own hogs and killed his own hogs and made his own bacon for him to say that that was good bacon it, it just is like that to you to your point yeah, I can go buy bacon, and I still do, right? I still buy bacon, sure. but I know what my own bacon at home tastes like, right? You know, and I mean, I've made my own sausage. I'm into making my own sausages now, and uh, which is which is which is fun and, and and easier than people think. I've got a video of that coming out pretty soon. How how to make your own sausage, and it, it's something that you go to the store and buy. But when you make it at home, it's just like, man, that's amazing. Yeah, you know. And so, and people, and the thing is, one, one of the things about making it yourself is that nobody can get that unless they get it from you. And, you know, don't get me wrong. Yes, you can get cheesecake from somebody else who can make home, at home cheesecake, but you can't get my cheesecake. Right. Right. It becomes, right. becomes a very personal expression of yourself to food. And um, one last thing, too, you made me think of when you talked about uh, food as a, you know, a mass produced thing like that. I like the jazz. I describe my cooking as jazz. Mm. So classical music is all about the discipline of reproducing the exact work that somebody else did, playing it just like Beethoven, playing it just like Mozart, playing it just like Bach, right? You, you've got to play it exactly like them. Mm -hmm. And there's no, there's, there's, there, and I'm not saying this because I, one, I don't want to say, you know, be too pretentious or pretend like I'm a classic music aficionado because I, I don't play any music. But what you see is in that approach that it's about 
conforming to what the greats have done. And then you have, once you build that credibility, then you can go out there and dabble yourself and see if you can, you know, exceed it. Right. It's about the excellency of playing it as close to perfect as you can. Mm -hmm. And, but you do that, but you have to do that through um, structure and and, and conformity over and over again, that discipline of not burying that discipline of practicing the, you know, the breathing, all this stuff that goes into, into playing great music. Now, me, when I cook, though, I'm jazz. My food is jazz. Jazz is very um, uh, improvised. There's a lot of improvisation. And there's also this idea that I can go in the kitchen and, and, and do something that I've done 10 times before, and there's a slight chance, Walker, that if I turn the heat down a little bit, or if I take out a little salt, or if I add a little bit more salt, if I, or if I put in an extra pinch of pepper, or if I, you know, started on it a day earlier, or if I started on a day later, those variables that I'm introducing every time I deviate and I improvise, I might obtain the best version of that dish I've ever had. Right. And, um, you know, I noticed that about my cup of coffee. Like I could measure out the amount of sugar I put in. I can measure out the, the, the amount of coffee grounds, the amount of water, the temperature of the water I can get it. I can, I can reproduce every one of those steps, but sometimes I like just going and get a little pinch of sugar and seeing if it's enough. Right. Make it better or a little bit more cream or a little less cream. And so it's the same way how I approach my cooking is I like the, 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 the ability to sort of experiment sometimes. And, um, it's funny because my girlfriend, um, she, she's like my muse in the kitchen, you know? So, I don't want to get, I'm not, am I getting emotional about that? Like, <laughs> it's okay. It's okay. It's safe uh, here. Yeah. Look, it, it is. Cause we're not recording the video, but, uh, <laughs> she is man. And, um, it goes back to, you know, one of my early experiences with her, you know, uh, many years ago mm. uh, when I was courting her back, you know, back the first time we tried to, to, to love each other. And I think it's a fair way of saying that. Okay. I mean, I'm not an easy guy to love at times. And when we were way younger, um, you know, she came and visited me one time when I, that was like, this is like when I had first met her, she came and visited. Um, Cause we were, we were connected with your friends, make a long story short. She was like, I was like, Hey, what do you want for dinner? Now this is where, this is where Walker, this is a cool thing about cooking, right? I don't have a lot of, I don't have a lot of uh, a plus attributes as a man. <laughs> This is going to sound more so horrible. So, so self-effacing. I'm an overweight guy. Uh, I'm not terribly athletic. I don't have any visible muscles. But one thing I can do, I can cook. I right. know that's my superpower, right? And so I'm thinking to myself, man, if there's one thing I'm going to do that's going to impress her is that I'm going to cook for her. Like, mm. I know I'm, I'm going to do this. And so I asked her, I said, what do you like to eat? And so she said, uh, she's like, man, I'm really a fan of something with like meat, you know, sauce and cheese. And I'm thinking to myself, I make an amazing lasagna. This is a home run. And so I never forget how, how much pressure I felt, you know, cooking for her that time. And, uh, but I made this huge pan lasagna. I mean, it was, I made it instead of making it with ground beef, I made it with Italian sausage. And that was like, that was like me improvising. And I said, I'll use Italian sausage, big flavor. Um, you know, and then uh, I, I made this garlic bread that um, started off using one of the garlic loaves that you can get in the freezer section but what I what I did was I used um, uh, fresh uh, shredded Parmesan cheese on top, not grated, but shredded, and um, it, it made for this wonderful crusty lattice when it baked in the in the oven. 
uh, on the top of it, right? And I made a salad, you know, mm. a bag salad and made a bag salad. So it was like, you know, lasagna, a salad. And then I got some wine too. So I had some wine. Mm. And so she comes over and, uh, you know, I'm not nearly as sophisticated back then as I am now, at least, you know, in, in terms of how I approach putting together a meal. But uh, she said something in that during when she sat down to the table, we we're eating. And I'm nervous because this is like, you know, I'm just nervous. Like, you know, yeah, yeah. I'm, I, I really like her. And here I am. I'm having this audience with her. And she's, you know, we're sharing space together. And I'm just nervous because I don't want to, I just don't want to fumble, you know. And because uh, like I said, I'm not bringing a lot to the table <laughs> as a guy, right? <laughs> and so, um, so she says, she sits down, she eats, and she tastes it. And that's always the fun part, right? When people are tasting it, she tastes it. And she says, she eats some more, she eats some more. And that, that's usually a good sign. And then she says, this is like, I'm in a restaurant. And dude, when she said that, mm. like, like you're talking about growing, um, you know, vertically people, growing like, you know, like another four inches, man. Like, it was the most, it was just the most... Um, exhilarating statement to hear her say this because I was trying to impress her, right? Right. And um and it was a hit. It was just a hit, right? And she she really enjoyed it. And so so now that we're dating and uh, we've been in a relationship and we've reconnected and we're dating again. And with COVID happening, um there's a couple things there. So I'm kind of all over the place. So listeners, I usually am more coherent than this, but this is a deep passion. This is the walk show, so they're used to it. Uh, yeah, uh, yeah. So I'm sorry. Don't 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 <laughs> they <laughs> don't me so you're you're great. <laughs> They've heard this before. You're great. I'm telling you a 20 year old story, and I'm about to hop back over here and tell you about (laughs) Jock the fan. So, girlfriends amused. We started dating again, and then COVID hits. And so, instead of me taking her out to these restaurants that I wanted to to, to, to see in the city of Atlanta, you know, we're we're in the house. We're in quarantine, and we're choosing to um, to break our quarantine only for each other, right? And so, one day on Facebook. And this is in present day. This is present day uh, Jameson time now. I was scrolling through my timeline and Jacques Pepin, the famous TV chef with the French accent, he is a much older guy now. And he is in his kitchen and he's just wearing an apron and like this blue denim shirt or red denim shirt or whatever. And he's telling, uh, he's, you know, he's got this wonderful French accent and he's talking about making a souffle. Mm. And I said to myself, Walker, I've never made a souffle. Mm. And I look at the video, and the video is only like maybe seven minutes long. So I'm like, what the heck? I'll watch Jacques Pepin make a souffle at home. Let me see how this is done. And he goes and he gets some whipped, uh, whipped, not whipped, not a not cream cheese, but you know, it is cream cheese, but it's whipped cream cheese. One egg, some some herbs, some chives, a pinch of salt, and some Parmesan cheese, and he and butter. He buttered a, a ramekin. And that video is on on his YouTube, uh, not YouTube, but uh, on his uh, Facebook channel. And he makes this wonderful souffle that pops up and it's puffy and it, it looks good and savory. Hmm. And he was like, "You have to try this." And it's like it's an elegant first course. That's it. You know, <laughs> and I said, "Okay, I'll try it." And what happened was, I just started watching his videos, and um, and he was doing all the. And what I didn't realize was that he was doing a campaign of showing people how to cook at home. In part because obviously him in the restaurant industry, it's being shut down because of COVID, mm-hmm. and he has a whole nonprofit that's built around helping uh, in, former inmates, people who are, 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 are who are um, newly released from jail, develop 
uh, career skills and, 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 and that are centered around culinary arts. And so he's, he's providing through his foundation, classical cooking training uh, to, to, to help these people become competent chefs hmm. so that they can go on and work in these great restaurants and, you know, have an instant skill. And, and obviously he's, you know, because of he's doing this training, he's got um, avenues and inroads with a lot of kitchens and, and restaurants and stuff across America. So he's, he's created this sort of um, jail to kitchen pipeline. And this is all part of his nonprofit that he's hmm. doing the Jacques fan foundation. And so to help to help continue to build awareness for his foundation, he was doing these at home videos. And so, and, and the thing is, it was just things that were super simple, very quick videos, you know, and, and, and it got to the point where I was like, I want more. I want like, there's, I want to, I want him to do something that's like, you know, 15 minutes long. And then all of a sudden he'll drop like, you know, he's like, this is my Thanksgiving Turkey. And then it's like a 15 minute video of Jacques Pepin making <laughs> turkey and gravy and, you know, or, you know, it just was, it was, these were the, these were like a God set of God sent videos. And so it ignited this passion in me to go on this cooking journey. Cause I have all the time in the world now. This is COVID. Right. Right. I, I got fired from my job. And so one day I text my girlfriend a picture of me in the kitchen turning um, cream into butter. I was like, I want to make my own butter and I'm going to make my own butter today. And so I went through the process of making my own butter from scratch. And, um, and then I was like, I'm going to take the cream, the buttermilk that's left over from making, from separating the, the butter fat from the cream. And I'll use that to make biscuits. And I made my, I made you know biscuits from scratch for the first time at Whoa. home with my own homemade butter, like using my own homemade, own, own homemade butter to, uh, to, to top the biscuit. And, um, She's my muse, so she was like, you know, she was saying, I don't know about those biscuits, Jameson. Those biscuits let it have some texture issues, and they look a little dense and, and stuff like that. And these were like my first trial run of biscuits. But once I went through that process of um, of discovering how buttermilk is made, and all buttermilk is is the leftover, um, for lack of a better word, cream, once you've, once you've churned the butter out of it, mm. I said, hmm. If I take butter, if I'm if my biscuit recipe calls for me to take butter and incorporate it back into the biscuit dough with buttermilk to make buttermilk biscuits, quote unquote, what happens if I just use cream, heavy whipping cream to make my own biscuits? Mm. Well, to Google and look for a recipe for how to make cream biscuits to see if that's even a thing. And voila, there's a cream biscuit recipe that requires you to use, you know, flour and, and cream heavy cream to make your biscuits because all cream is is butter. Uh, that hasn't been churned and buttermilk. Huh. So you so you skip a step of having to, to to reincorporate butter into the dough. But then I'm crazy, Walker. And I'm a fat <laughs> kid. So I said, what happens if I take butter and then use the cream, the heavy cream, to make my biscuits instead of using just you know uh you know using just buttermilk and, and regular butter. So right. I use heavy cream which is already super decadent. And I put like, you know, butter into it, you know, the, the you know, the butter into the dough <laughs> and it makes the most unbelievable biscuit in the world. And, and, um, so I introduced my girlfriend to these one time. I, I just made them. I got them one morning and when she was visiting and I made those biscuits, I made them super flaky. I learned about how to make flaky biscuits and layers and all that stuff. And that's, and that's even a math problem too, right? Like the, every time you fold it in half, you it's basically exponentially increasing the layers of, 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 of dough. 
So, you know, you fold it once, that's two layers. You fold it twice, that's four layers. You fold it three times, that's eight. Then 16, then, you know, 64. So you don't have to do it that many times to get a lot of layers in your biscuits. So I made these just, just you know, this is the engineer in me, right? And so she comes down and she has breakfast with me and, and the biscuits are on the table and they're hot and they're, they're, they're just delicious. And she's like, man, these are really good biscuits. I didn't say a word. And then I said, yeah, you like those biscuits? She's like, yeah. I said, yeah, I made those biscuits. She was like, what? You made those biscuits? <laughs> yeah, I made those biscuits. And she's like, I can I didn't even know. I didn't I thought you had just bought these biscuits. I thought this was, you know, was a was a brand of biscuit. And um and 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 fast forward a little bit, we had some uh, friends come into town and uh he's like my little nephew, but he's not, you know, he's not biologically my nephew, but he's like a nephew of mine. Um he was at the table with us eating in his little, you know, toddler chair. And I made these like little miniature, little really small biscuits, and um he kept eating them. Like he ate one and he was like, I want another biscuit. He ate another and he turned around, looked at the table, looking for more biscuits. He ate another. And then so like he had like four of those little miniature biscuits, right? By the time breakfast was over. And uh, it, and that's the cool thing about cooking, right? Like it's an expression of love. It's an expression of, of, of concern and empathy. Just a lot of things go into cooking. Mm-hmm. And, and the cool thing about it is kids don't, kids don't bullshit you when it comes to, uh, to cooking. They right. don't. If they don't like it, let me help people out here, Walker. If you're cooking for your children, they don't like your food. It's not because they're picky eaters. You're just a shitty cook. (laughs) (laughs) That's what it is. That's what it is. And so it's not that they don't know good food. It's not that it's not any of that stuff. It's just you you need to you need to get in the kitchen and work because (laughs) um, yeah, because kids love kids kids love good food. Yeah, you know. And um, speaking of kids, my goddaughter, she. she was over to the house one time and I was cooking and uh, I was making this really elaborate set of like taco bar. So I had a bunch of tacos for the adults to eat, like you know, steak and chicken and, and fish. And yeah, she was still pretty young. So I didn't, I didn't know she was going to get into like fish tacos like that. So what I did was I took some small pieces of fish that I had, um, that, that I had left over and I, and I cut them down and I floured and I floured them, but, but breaded them. And then I fried them and basically made, you know, you know, really nice fish sticks. And uh, so I put them on the table for her and, you know, I served her first, right? You know, showing her, you know, hey, this is how guy's guy's supposed to treat you. Take care of you, right? Mm -hmm. And, um, you know, so I'm in the kitchen and she's eating these, you know, these fish. And you can tell it was good because she was just eating it, right? Once again, kids don't bullshit you about food. (laughs) And so so she she just looks up from her plate one day, her, her plate one moment. She says, God, daddy, are you a chef? Now she said this organically. Right. Like, it was the most organic, beautiful thing that she could ever said. It was the most validating thing, right? It took me back to like that moment where, you know, my girlfriend said, It's like I'm eating in a restaurant. And her parents, you know, were like, her parents kind of chuckled and laughed, like, no, baby. I said, Wait, whoa, 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 whoa. Like, whoa, whoa, whoa. Let, let's not let's not move on past this moment. Let's bask in this a little bit, right? Let's let's let me soak this up for a Put moment. Put your fork like, down oh. before you make your next comment. Go ahead now. Exactly. <laughs> Exactly. Before you say it, right? And uh, you say otherwise, like you know. <laughs> wait a minute, you know. And um, and so you know, so I know for a lot of people, when I say you know I'm a chef or I'm a digital chef, that's kind of like the moniker I'm using to brand the content of what I'm doing. Because I, I want to be clear, I, I don't I don't want to say that I'm classically trained as a chef or that I've gone to culinary school. I haven't. 
Um, but I have a genuine appreciation for people who can cook at, at all levels of cooking, right? Whether you're a Michelin chef or you're just that guy who's at an upstart restaurant, you know, or, or a food truck, uh, you know, pay, um, uh, patron or not patron, but a food truck, uh, purveyor, right? Yeah. Um, you know, I, I can appreciate the deep fried greasy goodness with some salt. Or I can appreciate you, you know, cooking sous vide and, and making sure that that duck breast is cooked within one degree of perfection. Right? I, I can I can appreciate the whole spectrum there. And um, but I, you know, but I feel like everybody can be a chef, right? It's 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 approachable. You may not want to do it professionally, but that's kind of where my hashtag plate your food comes into into the picture. last thing you said is something I was going to bring up. And that is that, you know, you say, well, I'm not a classically trained chef, right? I didn't go to school for this, or this isn't my job or whatever. And, and that's fair. But, you know, I'm trying to organize my thoughts here on the fly a little bit. I, I mentioned the thing about home cooked food, pretty much exclusively being better than something prepackaged, right? Yes. It's not necessarily true that home cooked food is always head and shoulders better than what you could get at a restaurant because you could get, I mean, if, if you're talking fast food, probably, but mm -hmm. you know, if it's somewhere where you sit down, even if it's like a mom and pop diner or a food truck, like you said, it can still be really good stuff, mm -hmm. but it's, it's still way more expensive than it is to do it at home. Right. And mm -hmm. to make it yourself. And so the, the, where this all ties together is that what you're, you, you know, when you're saying, well, I'm not a classically trained chef or something like, but you don't have to be right. Mm -hmm. You are relatable. And that's part of why I like your channel is because it is relatable. And it's also, so what it does is it shows that someone who isn't a chef because it, it can be intimidating, right? Like I worked yeah. as a fry cook in corporate restaurants and Darden owned mm -hmm. restaurants, which is like, it, it was a, a restaurant called Smoky Bones and, and then one called Cheddar's. But they're the same company that owns yeah. uh, Red Lobster and Olive Garden. So it's these big chain restaurants. Yeah, my brother, he, uh, my brother who, I, I'll, I'll be, let me say this before yeah, no. we move on. I, I'd be remiss to mention and not mention him. My brother, Brian Smallwood, he is a, he, I believe, he, I believe sincerely he's a chef of the family. Mm -hmm. He's a better cook than me. And, and I, and, and not to short, not to shortcut your statement, I just want to put this out there, I'll, I'll hush. I believe that food is highly democratized, right? 
cooking, cooking, you don't, it, it, there is no barrier to entry to cooking other than going to, well, I, I don't want to say that because that's not fair to people who live in food deserts, but if you don't live in a food desert, you can go and find, you know, chicken or any ingredient, right? I just use chicken as an example. And then you can, you can start on your journey of how can I take this chicken to the best place possible, right? So, um, I tell my brother all that all the time because sometimes he's down on himself and I'll tell you his story as we, as we maybe later on the show, but he's basically created Uber eats in his neighborhood, in his, in his County, you know, and I can tell you, you know, he, he's just done it. And, and, and he was just like, yeah, I need to go to school to be a chef. And he, he's always had that dream. And I keep telling him like, I'm like, bro, you, you're winning. People are buying your food. Like, right. I mean, in mass, they're buying your food. So, uh, continue your thought. I just wanted to kind of put that out there too. No, 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 that's, that's great. No, I, all I was going to say is just that I worked in the kitchen, but I was, I was on like the salad bar. Right. So while I'm a cook by title and I'm in the kitchen, literally, <laughs> I'm not actually cooking things with any sort of like, I'm paying attention to, like I'm dropping fries in the fryer and pressing a timer sure. that tells me when to pull them out. I'm okay. plating up salads that are recipes that I have hanging in front of me that tell me what ingredients go in what salad and, and the quantities are all prepackaged and everything. Right. So okay, okay. that's part of the prep at the restaurant is in the morning, you, you create a whole bunch of little baggies of all the little things that go in the salad. So when it's time, you can just grab and go. Cause it's all about speed. Right. Mm-hmm. But even despite that, even despite being a quote unquote cook by trade, <laughs> I was, I was still at home, not actually cooking. Like for me at that age, when I was in my early twenties, when I would cook me cooking was like, I would make a box of Kraft Mac and cheese and put a can of tuna with it or something. Right. Mm -hmm. And like, that's Mm -hmm. cooking. Uh, and so it felt like even though I worked in a kitchen, I didn't have any of those, that equipment. Right. So it still Mm -hmm. felt like, oh, well that's out of my reach. And so then what happens is if I do cook at home, it's suboptimal because <laughs> I'm eating mac and cheese and tuna. <laughs> and and instead what I do is I go out to eat with money I don't actually have to be spending on going out to eat and find myself accumulating credit card debt and stupid stuff. Sure. And so my point in sharing all this is, and now, you know, in my 30s, thank God I've learned how to cook and I don't eat out <laughs> with that frequency anymore. But I think that your channel does an awesome thing because it, it makes it relatable and it it's really good stuff. It's not mac and cheese and tuna and like how you could spice that up a little bit. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Um, and so I just think there's a lot of value in showing people that like you can do this and you don't have to be you don't have to have all you don't have to have a sous vide. Right. You don't have to have all of the equipment and it doesn't have to be this unattainable thing. Like it's very much attainable. Like you said go pick something and try and make it better. And you'd be surprised at what you can do. And I just think that that, that message alone just needs to be promoted more. Cause you've got people who feel like if they eat at home, it's meh. Yeah. And if they eat out or they buy the prepackaged thing, like, well, that's a little better, but even outside of the quality of it, it's just more expensive and you can eat way better for less. <laughs> Well, yeah. And you don't know what's in your food too, right? When you don't prepare it. Right. You know, you literally don't know, like you're hoping it's only, you know, chicken in there or beef or, 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 or whatever, 
but you, you don't know what's in there. And I'm not saying that people in restaurants contaminate food, but what I am saying is that if you're watching your salt intake, then you may want to, you know, make your learn how to do create a dish that is reminiscent of what your favorite dish is, minus all the salt. Yep. You know, and so you can control the variables of what you, what goes into your food if you if you take that approach. And like you said, you'll save money and and um, you know, and I think that's where my hashtag plate your food comes from and plating matters. That's the the two hashtags that I drive traffic to on Instagram. And I talk about, you know, plating matters. It's kind of like, you know, you know, you know, no shameless plug here, but it's kind of like what you guys do with uh, pick up your sticks where you talk about why gaming matters. Right. Um, Plating matters because how you put that food on the plate communicates intentionality. It's it's the thought of it. It's the art of your food. It's it's not just that, hey, it's it tastes good, but it looks good. Right. Because that's part of what you're paying for when you go to a restaurant is you're paying for the intentionality that somebody took that food and put it on a plate a certain way. And so, you know, when I, when I, one of the things that happened, like I said, during COVID was that me and my girlfriend were shutting the house because we weren't going out because we were social distancing. And I had, you know, I, I just started buying plates and I know it sounds crazy, but I started buying more plates and I already had some white plates and some white square plates. And what I noticed was that whenever I was posting pictures, people were talking about those, are, those are, no, that's a beautiful looking plate. But it, it was just a plate that didn't have any chips in it. It wasn't scratched all up. And I'm not judging people who 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 have plates that way because I understand that's a, in, in the grand scheme of existing, right? This is stuff that doesn't, quote, unquote, uh, matter. It's not essential. But I, I wanted to have nice plates. And and so I had these two nice you know square plates from when I was trying to impress somebody one time. And I bought them specifically for that dinner when I was cooking for, for that person. And those plates have been my impress you plates. And so I started posting those pictures with those square plates and people were like, I love that, you know, cause, uh, cause most people have round plates and they were like, this is a square plate. And people started paying attention to the plate, not the food, the plate mm-hmm. and like how the plate, you know, frame the food. And then I realized, I said, you know, what people are reacting to on social media, it isn't the smell of the food. It's not the taste of the food. It's not the texture of the food. It's not the sound of the food, even though I can't record video. It's the image. It's the visual. It's the sight of the food. Yeah. And so, you know, people who are who are you know in, in culinary school, they know that, right? That's in, that's drilled into them almost day one. And I realized, I said, that's what takes the home dining experience up a notch. It's just plating your food, yeah. right? And and I think to make this a larger life metaphor, which it is for me. Um, and hopefully it's just as good as my gardening, organic garden metaphor. Yep. So I'll share it with you because I know you're on that journey, Walker, of, of thinking about these type of things. But so often in life, we devalue what we have because we don't plate the food, right? Mm. We just throw, we just throw we just throw stuff onto our life or take what life gives us that we're working with, and we don't have any intentionality to to taking that time to just to make it as best we can. To look as good as we can mm. for ourselves, because that's who I plate that stuff for. Is first for me, right? And so, even though I'm plating it for other people when I'm having dinner, having dinner with my girlfriend or whoever I'm feeding, it first starts with me. Why can't my food look good, right? Why can't I make that look pretty on the plate for me? Mm. And I think sometimes in life, um, just the routine of what we're doing, we just think that it doesn't matter. But then you realize like, man, that's a real aesthetic that if you give that to yourself, that gift of, of the aesthetic of making something look nice in, in the space that you have with what you have, 
then you'll you'll find more joy in it. And that's what happened to me with cooking in the kitchen. I just started finding joy in plating my food. And that's why I say plating matters is because what you put essentially, uh, no pun intended, but but maybe pun intended to some degree, what you put into the food or what you it's like what it's like life is what you put into it, you get you get better results from if you put the best things into it. And and the one thing that you can't the one thing you can you can control, even if you can't get the truffles, um, even if you can't get the the wagyu beef, even if you can't get the um uh, what's that? What's that? That, that um, um, embar- was it Embarico? Mm. That, that, that you know, if you can't get Iberian, that's what I'm trying to say. If you can't get Iberian pork, what you can control is how you put the food on the plate. And you know, it's kind of like that. That's that's kind of like my metaphor for life. I can't control a lot of. I can't. There's some things I had to start with in life. There's just some cars I was dealt. But I'd be damned if you're gonna control how I play them. You know, mm-hmm. I'm gonna play them the best I can. Right. I'm a, I'm gonna do the best I can with what I've got. I'm not going, it, it may not, I may not win the game because I mean, I have the cards to win the game, but it's not going to be because I didn't take the time to play them as best I could. And the same thing with the ingredients. I mean, I have restaurant, every, every ingredient that a restaurant would have, but I'd be damned if I'm not going to put my pork chop on the plate. Pretty. Right. Right. Yeah. So. That's re- no, that's, that's really deep, man. I, I hadn't really, I hadn't really considered that with with the the plating of the food, but that makes a lot of sense. And you're right; that is a metaphor for, um, for life in a lot of ways. I, yeah. I feel like I got to start dressing up for the podcast now, even though there's no video. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> <laughs> but I think I think you were what you were talking about, like just that, like, like which we, like we, we've always talked about and geeked out about as podcasters, right? Like I talk about how you have this great voice, and and you just don't you don't lean on that as a crutch, right? Like you still have a great mic. You still went and bought um, a software license to help you do great sound manipulation and editing. Yeah, you know, you you still um, you know listen to other podcasters and learn from them. Uh, yep, I'm still here. Uh, sorry about that. <laughs> so, yeah, all of that, for instance, um, are things that you're still doing to make your podcast better, and that's how you plate your food. So, you know, the the attention to detail that 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 aspiration to make it better. Um, as best we can with what we have, it just changes, you know, it just changes the, 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 the aesthetic of the meal. And once you do that, you realize you're not as far from that restaurant meal as you think you are. Yes. Yes. No, I, I, I think that's, I think that's a hundred percent true. Um, and, and yeah, I, well said, um, <laughs> something else I wanted to, to, to touch on quickly though. So this is a huge pet peeve of mine. It, sometimes with videos, but really specifically with recipe websites, like you Google a recipe, right? And you pull it up and it's like, I don't know, paragraphs of this individual's personal story around this dish. But I'm not looking up necessarily the fanciest dish, right? Like it might be something kind of like, I might be looking up a pot roast. Thank you. And then, and then they've got, just all this information about how they feel about pot roast. And it's like, I just wanted to know the time and temperature, man. Like, I don't really care <laughs> about yeah. this. Clearly it's for someone. Cause there's not only one site like that. So clearly someone is clicking it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I've got thoughts about that. We'll share that later. Well, but uh, that's I'll what I was going to say is I, the other thing I wanted to shout out about your videos is that they're not insanely long. Like you mentioned earlier, you wanted an hour with that French guy, more power to you. And I'm not saying I don't want an hour with you. 
but I really love that I can I can look up a lamb chop recipe and it's yeah. 16 minutes. Yeah. That's it. Yeah. Yeah. I don't have to I'm not spending an afternoon trying to understand Jameson's video while I'm also trying to cook. <laughs> exactly, right? And, yeah, no, that's that's a great point. So, you know, as a content creator, you're always are battling that in yourself, especially as a podcaster. You know, you, I mean, not to make this this episode about podcasting, but we both are podcasters, so and content creators. You know, you you guys are I'm sure you've had that conversation either with yourself and now, you know, with Brett on, on pick up your sticks. How long should the episode be, mm-hmm. right? And what's what what works best for the audience? And so, you know, for me, I'm playing around with now even doing the short form videos, uh, the shorts, like a one minute video. And I'm gonna be, and once again, I got shot at my girlfriend. Um, she she challenged me on that. She said, you know, Jameson, the trend now in, in these cooking videos is that they're short, and you have you have comparatively you can comparatively or relatively speaking, you've got long videos, and you know, at first I kind of bristled at that idea because this is art to me as much as it is just me, you know, cooking and recording and putting content on here. This is my art. This is me creating. And so I struggled with that. I said, you know, like, man, like, because because I'm going to be in a moment of transparency for your listener. I hate the these short, these short videos. They don't show you how to cook. They don't. They don't show you how to cook. They just show you highlights. It's like watching a football game, right? Highlight package. If you've never played football, you have no idea what football is. You have no idea about what this sport constitutes. And you watch ESPN to learn how to play football. You you just can't do it because right. it's just highlights. And so because uh, people are making content for this, you know, for the algorithms and I'm not going to get all that, but there's an emphasis on driving people to a shorter attention span on, on social media. Um, so that they can show you. So the idea with that is, I'm giving away a lot of inside baseball. They can only show you so many ads per slice of content. Mm. So what happens is they reduce the size of the content and still show you an ad in that content so that they can have more inventory to sell people. So that's why they're thin slicing our attention span. Take that to something like cooking, like, like you said, lamb chops. How do I do that in a minute? And make it meaningful and make it interactive for people and, and give people a little bit of me, but at the same time, most importantly, tell you how to actually cook these damn lamb chops. And so I appreciate you saying that 16 minutes isn't too much. And I and I want your listeners to understand that you'll get a little bit of everything there. You'll get you can skip through the video to where I'm doing different steps of the video. I, I list the recipe on in the in the com not in the comments, but in the description of the video on YouTube. So if you don't, if you know how to cook lamb chops, but you want to get my recipe for cooking lamb chops, you got my recipe. If you don't know how to cook lamb chops and you're cool with just reading my description in the in the in the video, you'll learn how to make them from the recipe in the video. So it's it's not just videos as much as it is me giving you truly how I cook, and um, I try to write you know fairly concise and straightforward recipes because. I'm not playing the algorithm game where I'm trying to get as many keyword hits on pot roast as possible. So I have to come up with a contrived story about how pot roast means so much to me from my childhood in order to stuff keywords into some damn blog article that, and then put the video at the very bottom because I'm playing SEO games, right? Like I'm not doing that. Right. And maybe, maybe I don't get as many clicks and views as I could not doing those games, but I do appreciate when, people find my videos and they're like, man, I appreciate you showing me how to do this. Yeah. And it's straight to the point. 
and and that's 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 encouraging and i appreciate you saying that about my lamb chops yeah man no so. i think it's i think it's super cool and i, I actually I, I wasn't aware of, of that trend i guess but um yeah i think i mean this is coming from the guy who uh has a show about everything so <laughs> take that with a grain of salt but uh yeah i think it's great to have both right i mean i think it's great to have something that's shorter maybe for something that's more simple that doesn't require that right or maybe that is that is positioned as like for the intermediate cook not the beginner cook like here this is a quick hit on how you could do this if you're already comfortable but then to also have i mm-hmm. guess now we'll call it longer form 15 minute videos <laughs> but yeah. to have that longer form video where you actually do walk someone through the process of like not only are these the ingredients and here's how it looks at the different stages but here's how you actually get through those different stages and the the questions yeah. you're asking and the things you're trying to think about and the things you're watching out for like all that's super valuable too so um yeah i can i can definitely appreciate you wanting to be in that educational side and that's the thing is that you know the blog post that i talk about if the whole thing was all text about how to make it fine <laughs> but it's not and if your videos were, were were 15 minutes, and again, if we assume that's long, which I, I still don't feel like it is, but if we assume a 15-minute video is long and 10 minutes of you was just talking about what that dish meant to you throughout your life and had nothing mm-hmm. to do with cooking, I'd be out, I'd be out on that. So <laughs> I think it being longer and it all being uh, valuable content, I guess is my point, seals the deal for it being, you know, being legit, if you will, in, in that way. Well, I think I, I appreciate that. I mean, I think that's that's the heart of it because I think there's a lot of intuition that goes into cooking over the years. Mm-hmm. And I feel like I've developed a lot of intuition in the kitchen. I, I just do some things innately because I, I know that this yields a certain result. And I want to highlight those things. And so it takes a little bit more time. And I think if people listen to my um, content, like when I talk about why I use uh, fresh squeezed lemons and citrus in my cocktails versus the, the bottle stuff. That's an intu- that's an intuitive thing at this point in my kitchen career, and so I just want you to have that knowledge because then you'll you'll be like, oh, that's what that that's what that does, right? Like, okay, the oils from the citrus make the cocktail taste better, but if you don't get the oils from the citrus if you buy the juice because they're that it's not it's not it's not preserved right through the processing of the um of the of the of the fruit. So yeah, those are the things I want to talk about. But I but to your point, I do think that. You know, I want to produce content that's, that gives everybody opportunity. So the way I look at the shorts, because I, even though I hate them, uh, I, the way I look at them is that maybe you want some performative cooking, right? Maybe you just want to see me, you know, flambe something real quick. Um, or maybe what you want to do is, like you said, punch through and, and kind of get a taste of what that video might look like. So I'll give you that. Or maybe you say, hey, I know how to make French toast. I don't need to sit down here. Let me just see kind of what you did. Okay. Oh, he used this, you know, he used uh, Rivulet Artisan Pecan Liqueur in his French toast recipe. Oh, that's 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 a new idea. Mm-hmm. Let me call that, you know. So the shorts give me the ability to repurpose my content. And and and, and going back to, you know, you know um, thinking my girlfriend again, when she told me that, I said, well, let me take my content I've already got and see if I can't re-edit it and cut it down to make it work. So I went in and took my um, my most recent cocktail video I produced where I show you how to make a lemon drop martini. 
and I cut it down, man, to like a minute. And the whole time, man, it's just like, you know, just imagine, man, like, you know, you know, just just whacking down this this beautiful video I made. And I'm just like, oh, 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 oh. <laughs> but then when I played it, I was like, wait a minute. I just told people how to make this lemon drop martini in 58 seconds. And yeah, it's pretty damn good. Right. And it does, and it solves a problem that other videos don't solve. I'm actually telling you what the hell I'm doing during the video because I narrate the video as, as you go through and, and watch the cooking. So I think that, you know, I'll let you know how the, it performs, but um, I, I have a feeling that um, that I'm going to see some positive retur- results from that. Um, the first video I put out um, in the short format on Instagram, it got 3,600 views in like, in like a day. And like in the in the first two hours, it got thirty five hundred views, and so, I mean that that tells you right there that that there's a there's a there's a preference for that content on on social media now, mm-hmm. and so, um, so it, it but you know I'm going to target all of it because I think that you might come into you might get an appetizer right, um, yep. of the video, and then you you go in or over and find me on YouTube where you can get the more intimate hands-on teaching experience with it. So. Yeah. Well, Jameson, I, I can't thank you enough for, uh, for stopping by the show this evening. Um, again, the YouTube channel is Jameson presents. This is how I cook. I'll have a link to that in the show notes anywhere else that you want me to, to, to point people to connect with you at. Sure. Um, I've um, been building out my Instagram plate your food. Uh, it's the Instagram handle. And uh, there's also a new Instagram page that I, I created just to catch the traffic that people might be looking for me under Jameson presents. This is how I cook. So there's another Instagram that I'm standing up as we speak. So you may land on it and it may be blank, but that's me. It's Jameson presents. This is how I cook. And uh, yeah, I just want to appreciate, tell you guys to thank you for, you know, uh, obviously following me and taking a look at what I'm doing with this kitchen stuff. And uh, yeah, I welcome ideas. So if you've got an idea for something that, you know, uh, you want me to cook as a listener, then feel free to reach out to me. I'd love to cook it and uh, you know, shout you out in the video. Say, hey, this person told me this idea and I came up with it. So. You got to shout me out in the Dorito video whenever you do that one. Dude, I'm so going to look for that. How can I make my own corn chips at home? Right. You know, and, and then take it and see what I come up with. You know, But um, I'll say this real one last story because I know we're at, we're at the time and I appreciate your you being so gracious with your time, Walker. And for people who don't know, we've been talking for almost three hours. So... <laughs> I, you know, dude, and let me say this, man, as a friend, um, I love these conversations. I really do. Um, like just catching up with you has nothing to do with what we're talking about right now, but I appreciate you um when you when you invite me on or I invite you on and you you agree because it, it gives us a chance to catch up and um yeah, I, I really enjoy our friendship. So me too, man. I, I I love talking like this. So um clearly because I've been doing it for almost three hours and uh <laughs> It, like, man, people have no idea. Don't get two podcasters in the room together, man. <laughs> we were going, man. We were throwing. We it, like, it was almost like we started boxing each other verbally at some point. I was like, "Okay, Walker, I see your great point. Here's my great point." <laughs> uh, but uh, you know, I had this great experience cooking, and I just want to tell people like, "What will you know?" Like you were saying, "Why gaming matters mm-hmm. on on pick up your sticks." I'm going to tell people why cooking matters, at least it, what I've experienced. Um, like I said, my brother, he uh, he basically, uh, you know, went through a job layoff uh, because he 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 works at he was working at one of those restaurants you mentioned, mm. and um, 
and he was, you know, he, he, he has responsibilities, you know, he's taking care of his family and he's taking care of his children. And so he just started cooking and he started selling plates and, you know, what he's doing technically isn't, you know, acceptable because of health, you know, code standards and stuff like that. Cause you, you have to have a commercial kitchen, but you know, he's been, he's been pressing on. And so people have hit him up and just have been buying food from him left and right. He he's traveled the state cooking for people now because of his food. He's, uh, you know, uh, catering events because of, you wow. know, of those relationships built and and he is he's essentially uber eats he posts what he's going to cook and people hit him up and order the food and he makes the place and he takes them out to the people and um you know and i'm so proud of him for doing that you know even though like i said uh people want to make a hard time for him doing it because of how you know of, of the red tape but you know i'm proud of him for doing that because that's entrepreneurial mm-hmm. that's that's the hustle and that's what and and you know and and just the pride he has in himself and in his product that's what i love seeing in him and um, that's one story about why food matters. And another one was my friend Hope Williams of uh, the Smile Project. She reached out to me because she um, she does a lot of work with a nonprofit around helping uh, girls dealing with grief, children dealing with grief, the grief of losing parents. Mm-hmm. She does a lot of things fostering relationships between children and parents. And she wanted to have a virtual event because of COVID um, for Father's Day. And she said, Jameson, um, I thought about you. How about hosting a cooking class, a virtual cooking class? Mm. I've never done that. I do. I've done. I've done plenty of classes and podcasts and stuff like that online. But I was like, you want me to show people how to cook? And at first, I was really, um, you know, I was really one. I was really grateful for the opportunity, but I was really intimidated too because it's very, you know, I'm like, am I qualified to do this? But then Walker, I'm telling you, man, I set up the cameras. And I set up the, I had no food, I had no channel, no anything. And uh, I set up the, the lights and and she came over with her, um, you know, and, and we and we logged into her, her Zoom call and she had, um, you know, like 15 families of fathers cooking with their daughters. And dude, it was like, by the end of the thing, it was one of the most emotionally moving and gratifying experiences, showing them how to make this angel hair pasta recipe with this, you know, Parmesan crusted chicken mm. and making, you know, this, 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 uh, parfait and the strawberry basil parfait and, uh, making their sat, make sure them how to make salad dressing from scratch. And, and it wasn't about the food, right? It was just about an excuse for fathers to spend time with their daughters and their children. You can't beat that. Right. You can't beat that. And so that, you know, for people who want to know what, what cooking can be, you, you, I mean, uh, you know, it truly can reunite people. It can give you a sense of pride in what you do. It can give you um, a connection with your family that you didn't think you had. And it can strengthen bonds of, of love and community that already exist that may have just been neglected. And so that's what, that's what Jameson presents. This is how I cook is all about. It's a metaphor for how I show love and show that appreciation for the people in my life that I've been blessed to have in my life. And the food is just an outworking. It's just a medium. Um, it's just a tapestry, uh, a canvas that I paint on uh, to show people how I feel about them. Yeah, that's super beautiful, man. Uh, that's that I, I don't. I I feel guilty even speaking. <laughs> uh, but yeah, that's yeah, that's that's awesome. Um, well, again, Jameson presents. This is how I cook. 
plate your food on Instagram. And uh, Jameson, thank you so much, man. Hey, thank you guys again. Thank you, Walker, for the opportunity, man. Appreciate it.
that's all for the show today. Thank you so much to Jameson for stopping by and sharing his walk of life. Links for Jameson Presents This Is How I Cook and his Plate Your Food Instagram are in the show notes, along with links to his other shows, Culture and Conversations, and the group chat. I also want to thank Misha Zarens for the music in today's show, and last but not least, thank you listener for listening. I also want to invite you to check out my other shows, Pick Up Your Sticks, which is a video game podcast where we explore the idea of why gaming matters, or my other show, The Crowfall Podcast, which shares stories and perspectives from the MMO Crowfall. Both of those are available on any podcast app. Thanks again for the listen. Have a great week. Stay up.